0: Welcome to the podcast of Mosaic Church, celebrating diversity within community. Before we read Luke 1, I'm going to read Samuel, 2 Samuel. And I'm going to have to make sure I get my mark so I don't have to flip through pages. I'm going to read 2 Samuel. Uh, chapter seven and the first eleven verses, and then we'll skip down to verse sixteen. So, Second Samuel seven one through eleven, and then also verse sixteen. This is what Second Samuel says: When the king had settled into his palace, and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, so they, uh, so so now David has has been restored or has been placed as the king of Israel. He's fought all the battles. They are now settled. They have conquered. They have Israel as a whole kingdom they can rest. And it's been a long time coming. And when the king had settled in his palace, the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies. And the king said to the prophet Nathan, look, I am living in a cedar house while the ark of God sits inside tent curtains. So Nathan told the king, go and do all that is on your mind for the Lord is with you. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go to my servant David, and say this is what the lord says you are to build for me a house to dwell in no excuse me let me back that up go to my servant david and say this is what the lord says are you to build a house for me to dwell in from the time i brought the israelites out of egypt until uh, until today i have not dwelt in a house instead i have been moving around with a tent as my dwelling in all my journeys with all the israelites i have ever spoken a word to one of the tribes of israel whom I've commanded to shepherd my people Israel, asking, why haven't you built me a house of cedar? So now, this is what you were to say to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says to you. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you like that of the greatest on earth. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done ever since the day I ordered the judges to be over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. Your house and kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever forever. Interesting little story there where David wants to build a house for God, and God says, that's not for you to do. And we know, uh, because we are thousands of years past this, that David never got to build a house for God. In fact, that was his son Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba, who built that house for God. But God made a promise to David, and he reminded him, hey, look, I pulled you out of the pasture. You were nothing but a shepherd boy. You were the last in line, in fact, when the prophet came looking for the new king and knew it was at Jesse's house. And he goes and looks. All the other brothers got shown before David. God's reminding him, this is what I've done for you. So now we're going to flip over to to Luke 1. We're going to read Mary's story. And we're going to be starting verse 26, and we're going to go through verse 55. Uh, I'm going to take a break in the middle. So we're going to go like 26 to uh, 38, and then skip down and, and then read 46 to... Well, we'll just read the whole thing. It's not that much. So 26 through 55. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph. To the house of David. And the virgin was named Mary. An angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Now listen you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. And in those days, Mary set out and hurried into a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby cried, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he had spoken to her. And then Mary said, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked on me with favor, on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed." Because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed. With his arm he has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants Forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors, and then Mary stayed with her about three months, and then she returned home. So there's a story of Mary, and first we read this promise that God had of David. I pulled you out of the shepherd's field. You're nothing but a you're nothing but a shepherd. And I made you the king of Israel. Not only did I make you the king of Israel, but I made you one of the mightiest kings of Israel and I'm going to make your name great among all the people. What did it say? It said, your name's going to be right up there with the greatest because of what I've done. Fast forward and now the angels come to Mary and told her almost the same thing. You're basically a nobody. But because you have found favor in God's eyes, he is going to do something for you that is going to make you remembered through all of history. And Mary even names that later in her song. "Is They will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. And here she is. We're seeing the promise to David fulfilled through the baby that Mary is carrying because That's in the line of David, and we can read the first part of Matthew and see that entire lineage that goes from Adam all the way down through Abraham and Moses and David and Solomon and and on through all the way to Jesus. And so here's God being faithful to what he said to two people who didn't necessarily seem as if they deserved it. David deserved it. <laughs> even David's family didn't think he deserved it. Like he was the last one to be shown. I mean, they come to his house and say, hey, somebody here is going to be king, and dad is showing off all the other brothers. Don't even think about David. He wasn't even considered good enough by his own family. Whereas the guy whose place he's taken, Saul, they said he looked like a king. Like that was, he was head and shoulders above everybody. He was a good-looking man. Strong and powerful. And yet God took this little guy. Same thing. The interesting thing as we read this is that God made a promise to David, and that God's promise, that God made a promise to Mary, which was actually fulfilling the promise he had made to David. And Mary then bursts into this song, and that's really where we're gonna spend the most amount of our time this morning, is this story where Mary walks into her cousin's house, who's old, past childbearing years, and the angels told her, like, there's nothing impossible with God. Your old cousin's pregnant. Look at what we've done. And it was fulfilled, and she went. And when she spoke, it said the Holy Spirit came on Elizabeth. The baby inside her leaped for joy. She burst out this, you know, prophetic word to Mary, this... Like you are like basically repeating what the angel had told Mary that Elizabeth did not yet know about, so the Holy Spirit came on her, and she just blurts it out right when we th- when we think that uh the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, no, the Holy Spirit was working constantly, but God said it's gonna be evident to all people at Pentecost, but it was already at work in the world. God's Spirit was already at work. That is where we get to come to this place each Sunday when we say these creeds where we can say that God and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit existed eternally, always. Holy Spirit didn't just show up at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit existed all the time. There's stories in the Old Testament where Ezekiel is entranced by the Holy Spirit while God is showing him visions. So the Holy Spirit comes on Elizabeth and she says these things, basically repeating what the angel had told Mary in shorter form. And then Mary just bursts out in song. I don't think she was singing. She may have been, I don't know, it could have been a Disney story where she just, music starts playing, she starts singing. I don't know if it happened like that, but we have this recording of what she says. And the interesting thing is there's really two different parts of that that we're going to focus. And the first one is that uh, it was an expected time knowing that both Mary and Elizabeth had said yes to God. Right? What did Mary say right there at the end of that of oh, that first part of Luke 1, right before she goes into Mary's house, the angel is finished speaking to her. She does ask him one question, right? How in the world could I be pregnant? I haven't been active in any sort of way that would make me pregnant. How in the world could this be? Like She, she was young, but she understood how things happened. And the angel answers that question, and the next thing she says I am the Lord's servant, said Mary, may it be done to me according to your word. Mary and Elizabeth are both in this expect them, They're expecting what God is going to do. And it says Mary stayed with her about three more months. So basically what that's telling us is Mary basically stayed until John the Baptist was born and then took off. And so she got to stay through Elizabeth's expectancy, but here they both are, two women expectant. They both have said yes to what God has led them to, which really at this time of year or any time we read this story makes us pause and reflect on the question what will be asked of us And when that is asked of us, will we be like Mary and say yes while thanking God for what he will do? Because that is really what Mary's song was about, right? She was pronouncing what was true, what she believed to be true because the angel had spoken. it. She had said, yes, let it be done. She believed it to be true, and she's announcing what it will be and thanking God for something that has not yet happened. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that of this thing, and one of these candles represents it, it's faith, and Mary had that faith. Faith is what? The evidence of things that are hoped for. The actual substance of things not yet seen. Will we be like Mary and say yes to whatever it is that God is asking of us while thanking God for what he will do? Mary was a Jewish girl. What did a Jewish girl know and understand? What did all Jewish people know and understand? They knew their history. They repeated it often. They had festivals revolving around it. Passover every year. The festival of all these things where there was about what that one was. Festival of weeks. They, They did all these things where there was Remembrances because of what God did and what God had performed in their sight and what God had done. And there were stories where they remembered it. It was like when the Israelites crossed over the river, as we talked about earlier this fall, and they set up the 12 stones as a reminder that God brought them out of Egypt. They constantly had these reminders of what God had done. Mary knew that. Not only did she know it, but she believed it, which is two different things. There's a lot of head knowledge that we have but not really sure if we believe. And that's not just spiritually speaking, but that is absolutely true spiritually speaking. We have a lot of head knowledge. We can recite a lot of verses in the Bible. Maybe you can. Most of us can say that God, yeah, we believe that God has called us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. But that's head knowledge. (laughs) Mary had the faith to believe. Mary, being a Jewish girl, knew that God could be trusted. And so because she knew that God could be trusted, believed those stories, she was willing to say yes to God even when she did not understand how. And we see that through her story, right? How in the world could this be, angel? I don't understand this. It does not make physiological sense, biological sense. All the things that have to happen have not happened. How in the world is this possible? Yet, she believed that it would be. And the angel didn't really give her much more of an answer, right? The angel told her you're going to have this child. She says, how? He says, through the Holy Spirit. What in the world does that even mean, right? Like, she didn't have theological education. There's not been, the day of Pentecost hadn't come, that's not like a super big, you know, theological backbone for their, you say it, Okay. You parted the waters. You let us out of Egypt. You allowed Noah to build this boat to save humanity. You did all these things that I believe. And so as a result, I can say yes to you without understanding how. And so in this expectant state where we sit in Advent, we get to be those people. God is calling each of us to something every day. It's not always I used to hear these messages when I was a kid and think, all right, I got to go to the mission field. It's not always that, right? The mission field is where? Everywhere we go. It's not foreign. God is calling us to do something, and I don't know what that is, and, and every day it could be different, right? The point is, are we going to listen to God and be willing, like Mary, to say yes to what it is that God is calling her to do and see the miraculous happen? Because Mary absolutely did. She believed and did it. Now, here's the interesting thing about the about the uh, um, the Advent story. Like, if you read all of Luke's uh, Advent story, um, not everybody believed. That did not stop God's will from happening, right? Elizabeth's husband laughed. He didn't believe, right? What happened? My man didn't speak until his son was born, right? He was just That didn't stop God's will from happening. It did stop him from saying a couple more things. You know, he was like, like he had an effect, but his unbelief didn't change God. But every day, God's allowing us to be a part of what He's doing. And the question is, are we going to say yes to that? Mary did, and she got to see kind of the fullness of what God would do through raising Jesus. There's a song that's popular this time of year. Mary, did you know? She knew. We know she knew because of what she just said. So the interesting thing is the first stanza, here's Mary. She's just thanking God. You've seen me in my lowly state. I've said yes to you. Here's what you're going to do for me. People are going to call me blessed for generations upon generations upon generations. I believe it to be true. But the second stanza is really cool as well because in this stanza Mary talks about God writing all the wrongs of history and here's the thing she sings about it as if it has already happened he has done a mighty deed with his he has done a mighty deed with his arm he has scattered the proud were there still proud people at that time yeah, they're the ones who killed her son later, right? They still existed, but Mary is speaking as if God has already done it. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones. Were there still kings who didn't trust and believe in God, who were on physical thrones, who were over countries and 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 In governments at that time, absolutely. But Mary is speaking as if it's already done. He has exalted the lowly. Were they still poor? Yeah, Mary was one of them. Here she is saying he has already done it. He has satisfied the hungry with good things. People were still, and still to this day, are starving, like physically, for lack of food. But Mary said those people have been satisfied with good things while the rich go away empty. And we still live in this world where people are starving while the rich are padding their pockets. But Mary is singing this song as if God has already done it because she is saying this is what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God is not a place where we start to create this disparity between rich and poor kingdom of God, where God is the ruler of all of it, not your checkbook, not your income statement, right, uh, that, that God is, and so it really doesn't matter. We live in a world, I read a headline yesterday, where people in California are paying money, good money, to get to the head of the line for the uh, COVID vaccine, to cut the line for people, for other people, Right? And, God's, and Mary's basically saying that's not how this works in God's economy. Like God's economy is one of equality, is one where all people are standing at the foot of a cross in need of a God who is going to save them. And here he is, and you all have the exact same deficit. And so God has, and she's speaking this language of God has already done it. God's purpose has been and always will be to turn the status quo upside down. Not just for the sake of doing it, but because status quo, if we're left to our own devices, is always against God. We don't ever want to just say, oh, I want to be selfless today. (laughs) We don't. My kids, when they were born, like they would go after whatever it was. They didn't care if someone else had it. They weren't about sharing. They had to learn those things, right? They weren't about, oh, well, this is not fair because I have all the cereal over here. Someone divvy it up. They're like, no, give me more. I want it. You have to learn those things. Some people learn it quicker than others, some people never learn it, right? But our bend is never to do that. And God's economy is always to turn the status quo upside down. And Mary's song invites God to do that through us. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he spoke to his ancestors, God will do this thing that I'm pronouncing that he's already done. And as a result, we get to be better friends, better neighbors, better spouses. We get to say yes to the new thing that God is doing within us. That is what we get to come this Advent season and remember is that God has already done this. Just like Mary is saying, there still is disparity, but we get to speak and live as if God has already done it because if we are doing it and allow, or if we are allowing God to do it through us, then it has already happened. As we kind of wrap this thing this morning... there was a pastor who wrote about being in a in a monastery in Conyers, Georgia which is just kind of north east of Atlanta and said that there's a, a stained glass window there and in it is Mary the bearer of God, right? And there's a circle that kind of represents that. And and, and, and this pastor's talking about this song, and he says this song, or actually it's a female, she says this song reminds me that Christ will come into the broken places in us and into the world where healing is needed. This song reminds me that we are all pregnant with the possibility of new life, becoming more than we are currently, for God is with us and God is in us. Because our memories can be very short, we need Mary's song to remind us of God's twofold promise to deliver God's people and to lift up the poor. Mary sings because she has new life in her. And so it asks this question. Are we ready to sing with her? Oh, come, let us adore him and follow this God into new life. Let's pray. God, you do turn our world upside down. Often in ways we're not expecting. Often in ways that don't make sense. Just as Mary's call to bear a child when she was still a virgin did not make sense. You didn't chastise Mary because it didn't make sense. and God, you don't chastise us when it doesn't make sense and we ask the question. But may we be like Mary when we hear the answer, yes, let's go. I w- you will do this through me and because of that, everything will change. And that is also true for us individually, God. Whatever you are calling us to, you will do it when we say yes to that that's true for our church what you're calling us to you will do it when we say yes to that god may we have the the freedom and the boldness to say yes to whatever it is you're calling us to do thank you that as we wait in in anxious anticipation of your second coming just as Mary was of your first coming. God, may you do those things through us so that we may be the people that you've called us to be, doing the things that you've called us to do, announcing hope and joy to the world. that the light has come into the darkness. And God, thankful for the promise that we read in First John, that darkness is not going to overcome the light. Thank you, God. In your name we pray and we love you, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at www.mosaiceasley.org.